welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. There's no power like it, and guess what? Through the power of the Holy Spirit that was sent to us as Jesus ascended back into heaven, we get to have that same power in us. We get to walk with that authority when we trust in who Jesus is. Man, he has got us. He has got us, and we can claim that victory. We can claim that power, and we can walk in step with it when we trust in him and what he has for us. Can I get an amen? Man, I'm pumped about this morning. Thanks for hanging with us. You can grab a seat, say what's up to some people on your way down. Beautiful spring day. Everybody good? I'm good. I'm great. I'm just going to say I'm great today because I'm going to declare what God says we can call it. We can make this because it's a day that the Lord has made, right? Thanks, Ty. Shout out to Ty stepping in for his dad today. I embarrassed him. I don't know. I never get a reaction out of him. He just has the same look no matter what. So the honest truth is I'm not sure if I embarrassed him or not. He's probably just like, stop talking. Well, last week we had an incredible Mother's Day service, and Melissa just spit some fire. So if you're back again this week, man, I'm going to try to live up to that standard because I was just talking all week, that same point that she said, like, God will prepare you for what he's prepared for you all week long in my head. I'm like, whew, that was good. That was good. And then today we're going to kick off a brand new series entitled On This Rock. And what we want to do as we lead into summer is learn a little bit more about Jesus from the vantage point of one of his disciples, Peter. Peter was a crazy dude, got into a lot of mischief, made a lot of mistakes, but God used him in some incredible ways. So we want to look at his life and his writings about who Jesus is and the way that he's impacted his life and informed his life so that we can learn from it ourselves. Does that sound good? All right, so today, before we jump into the Bible, and I'm going to be in Matthew 16 if you want to find your way there, uh, but I always want to let people know that if you're a guest with us today and uh, you haven't read your Bible in a while, or maybe you don't have one, or you've looked at it and said, man, that's just a book filled with rules, and I can never live up to it, so you don't even attempt it, uh, we just want to let you know this is a love story. This is a love story about the God of the universe who sent his son Jesus to die for you and for me. And it's about him coming after us and trying to give us a connection with him, which we get through Jesus. Because he gave us free will, and that free will led to sin that separated us from him. So when you read it with that vantage point and him saying, I have the best in store for you and I have plans for your life, and coming from a place of love and grace, it'll transform your life. I promise you. And today, Matthew 16, I'm going to read verses 16 and 18. It says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. If you're taking notes today, the title of this message is The Rock. The Rock. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you are here in this place now. 
I know that you have got a plan through this morning. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak through me and help me get out of the way so you can say what you need to to reach everyone in this space and beyond. Lord, we praise you and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The rock. And I'm not talking about Dwayne Johnson. The rock. A lot of us have rocks in our life, right? Those people, those people that you can always count on, that you can relate to. Like for me growing up, it was my grandpa. He even had the nickname Rocky. And honestly, I don't even know why that was his nickname. He, he gave me a different story every, every time. I was like, why is it Rocky? He's like, you know, like the boxer, Rocky. I used to take people out. That might be true. And then maybe he felt like he had to, you know, come back on that and just be like, oh, because I'm tough and I'm hard and I grew up on a farm and all that kind of stuff. But he, he had it. His bowling shirts, Rocky. Everybody called him Rocky. His obituary said Donald Rocky Poison. I'm like, man, that's a pretty dope nickname. But as I thought about that nickname for him and I, I reflect on it in my life, I'm like, man, he was a rock for me in my life. Like, he was someone that stepped in and was a father in my life when I didn't have one there with me. And Sorry, I'm emotional today. Uh, but the way that he impacted my life, words cannot express. And the way that he loved me and taught me how to be a man and to grow. Uh, I can thank him for my standing on a stage and talking and not feeling super insecure about it. Because you know how, like when your kids or when you were a kid and you were selling something for a sports team or for school and you would just send it to your parents and say, can you take this to work and have everybody buy something? And then you would do it. Well, not me. My grandpa was like, nope, we're going door to door. I'll go with you to the first one. And then after that, you're going to walk up to those doors all on your own. And it's like, what? This is crazy. Where it's like, there's about to be a Lions Club pancake breakfast and I need you to stand on this corner and as cars drive by stop them and try to sell them a ticket this is real like what if someone was standing on the street and came up to you like and you stopped and then they came up to the side like hey you want to buy a pancake breakfast <laughs> sounds crazy now as I'm saying it out loud but this was real life for me Summers, I lived with my grandparents and it was like it was awesome running around doing crazy stuff but man he pulled me out of my comfort zone he was this rock in my life. And I'm sure all of you have somebody that you can think of that was a rock in your life in that way. See, the problem is when you have someone like that, and it's somebody that has a mortal life here on this earth, what happens when you don't have them anymore? Like for me, when my grandpa passed away, it was devastating. I didn't know Jesus at the time, so I spiraled out of control. Had so many thoughts of depression, suicidal, every single day just not wanting to get up, not wanting to move forward. Like, man, my rock was gone. How am I supposed to get through life? He was the one who believed in me. What am I going to do now? And it led into a, a tough season for me for a couple years. And maybe it's someone in your life that might have passed away, or, or sometimes that person in your life, something happens within a relationship, and separation happens, and you lose that person that you love, and you find yourself in those same type of scenarios. The rock. Who's the rock within our lives? And I want to talk to you about the rock, the rock that will give us the power to pursue all things because he'll never leave us or forsake us, and he's always with us. And we need to learn to trust in this rock. 
And the scripture, these verses that I read for you, I'm going to give you a little background of what was happening in the moment. See, as as Jesus was sharing his truth, his gospel about who he was, all these people were speculating about who is this guy? Who is he? Is he Elijah? Is he John the Baptist, which was his cousin? They were like the same age, but they're like, is that who that is? I don't know. He must just be some kind of prophet. And there was all this speculation, all this talk about who this Jesus was that showed up on the scene. And as Jesus went to his disciples and was hearing this from them because they were all trying to figure out who he was, Jesus responds and he says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say Jesus is? And it's his response that had such a, an incredible impact. It's when he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And then he says, and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. I think it's important that we spend some time right here and think about that. On this rock. Because where a lot of confusion comes in and there's a lot of controversy around this scripture is because when he says you are Peter, Peter means rock. He's speaking to Peter's potential. And then when he says on this rock, I will build my church. So it causes us to think that, oh, he's talking about Peter. He's going to build his church on Peter. But what Jesus is really saying is, Peter, you're a rock. But on this rock, almost as if he's pointing to himself, he's speaking to the truth that Peter said about him. That you are the Messiah, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus is letting him know, hey, that's me. I'm that rock. And Peter, you are rock. I see a potential in you, and I want you to be a part of it with me. But something that got me this week as I was studying was like, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. For the longest time, I imagined this as this, this enemy coming at us, and it's like, yep, they can't get past us. But the Holy Spirit hit my heart this week, and he was like, hey, no, 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 you got it wrong. It's saying that as Jesus is building his church and other rocks step up like Peter and as he builds his church into something greater, that we are a light that goes into the darkness. We are a light that goes to the enemy's door and when he tries to hold us back, we still push through because that light will break through. Because he's saying, I want to use you to change and impact lives and I'm going to build my church. Let's do it, Peter. And he's inviting each and every one of us into it with him, saying, yes, I am the rock, but you get to be a part of it. And guess what? Hell can't stop us. It has no chance that I'm going to go at that gate, and it cannot hold us back, but we've got to be willing to go. 
on this rock. When Jesus is your rock, it gives you some confidence. How must Peter have felt in that moment as he's saying, look, you're Peter, you're a rock, and on this rock, I'm gonna build my church, but I want you to be a part of it with me. What kind of confidence would that give him? And what else is cool about the word church here? It's a Greek word, ecclesia. It is the first time that it was used in the Bible. We start thinking of a church as a building, right? Some of you are probably like, man, how am I going to go to this church? It's out of school. That's not a church. But the Greek translation for that word is really a group. This is good. Because when it's saying that I will build my church, I'm building my group, it's like, yeah, we're Soul Revival Church, but think of it as Soul Revival Group. It's not a boy band. <laughs> I thought of that line in my head beforehand when it came out. I'm like, ooh, back streets, back out. No. <laughs> but saying that the church is a group. Jesus is saying, look, I need, I need to build a group. I need to form my band of brothers and sisters that as you're with me, we're about to do something drastic. And the reason why I want to point this out today and what is so important about it is because as his church, the people and not the building, we are called to be the church, to go against hell and break through those doors. And we can't do it chilling in an auditorium. It's good that we're here. This is like our huddle. We're about to get built up together that we can turn and learn about Jesus and say, now how do I take this into every day? Because as his church, man, he wants to use us to do some incredible things. And I don't know about you guys, but just this past week, alert after alert after alert after shooting after shooting after shooting in our city. And we can look to government, we can look to other people and say, man, we need them to step up and do something. How do we stop this? But I know Jesus is the answer. I know that rock is the answer. And he's inviting us through these scriptures. They just leapt off the page into my face saying, yes, we need to go into hell and we need to bring some people out. And those gates can't hold us back because he will build his church. He will build his group of people saying, who's coming with me? And I want to be a part of that. That's why today at 1230, after we tear down, we're just going to be circling the school. And if God leads us elsewhere to be praying, we're going to do that too. But we need to respond with prayer. Because God hears us and he activates something as we turn to him to have a conversation with him about it. And that's what it looks like to be the church, to say, this is how I'm going to start that fight. And on this rock, I will build my church. Jesus is the rock that we need. And in Peter's writings, he affirms this. 1 Peter 2, 4 to 5, it says, as you come to him, the living stone. See him, the living stone. As you come to him, the rock, Jesus, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also like living stones. You also like rocks. Are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. 
priesthood, what that means is there used to be a high priest, like there used to be in the temple where they would gather to get in front of God's presence, they would send someone in on their behalf, they were a priest. But through Jesus, we no longer need a priest or someone else to give us access to Jesus. We get to go right to him. That's what happens as you step into a relationship with Jesus. He's saying, look, this is what we're doing. You get to be a holy priesthood. You get to come to me directly and have a conversation with me. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. And when Peter was writing 1 Peter... He was writing to the churches in the area of modern-day Turkey. And they were struggling. They were facing obstacles. And he's like, man, I want to encourage them. And as you read these, it's so clear that Peter's saying, look, Jesus is the rock. He's referencing those verses we just read from Matthew 16. And he's making it really clear that, hey, I'm not the rock, Jesus is the rock. But guess what? We, like little rocks, get to be a part of what he's doing. Jesus is the rock. Anybody watch that show, Rock the Block? (laughs) No? Okay. It's a... I watch HGTV a lot. You know, it's just nice, clean. You can put it on with the family. You don't have to worry about crazy stuff. Um, but Rock the Block is just like these people who compete. There's four houses on a block, and then they're competing to try to increase the value of each house on that block. And then whoever does the best and sells theirs for the most is the winner. But I think about Jesus like, hey, he's trying to rock the block. But he is the block. He's the ultimate winner. And that we get to trust in him, and he wants to pull us along for the ride, but impact our cities. We can change blocks. And if you start with your block, and I start with my block, and we're all focused on our block saying, how do I love people well as a good neighbor? State Farm is there. I had to say that, you know, advertising. (laughs) But seriously, as we start with the people that are closest to us, and we do that together, and we unite, that's how his church is going to continue to advance. That's how Jesus is going to use us to impact our city, and we can see it change the way that we need it to be, but we need to know that he is our rock. And so the question I have for you is, is Jesus your rock? Is Jesus your rock? First Peter 2, 6 to 8 continues. For in Scripture it says, see... I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. See, I asked the question, is Jesus your rock? And then we can say yes, but this got me this week. Is like, is Jesus precious to you? Is he so precious that he means more to you than anything else in life, that you would do anything just to sneak away and spend some time with him? Is he precious to you? But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. In a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall, they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they are destined for. Is Jesus your rock? 
And the thing is, when we have an opportunity to trust in Jesus and have him be our rock, but he's not our rock, he becomes a stumbling block. Not because he's bad, but because of the things that we're going after, he doesn't want for us. And then we wonder why we keep going nowhere and we keep struggling and having a difficult time. Because we're trying to do life our way. And we've got to ask ourselves that question. Is Jesus your rock? He was referencing Psalm 118 from the Old Testament. And I love that. In the New Testament, we see it all the time. And we see Jesus bringing to fruition so many Old Testament prophecies. But a cornerstone when building a home is where that foundation starts and it is the beginning of two walls that can go onto it. And at the time, it was this representation that both Jew and Gentile could have access to Jesus. That might not mean a lot to us now, but what it, what it needs to let you know and what you need to allow to penetrate your heart is the fact that that means Jesus is available to everyone. He is available for everyone, and he loves everyone. He is the rock. You're like, okay, well, I wanted to be the rock, but you don't know much about my life. You don't know much about me and what I've been through and what I've done and the choices I've made. And you're right, I might not know a whole lot about that, but I know about what Jesus does in people's lives. And I want to look at Peter's life. Because Peter, his first interaction with Jesus, his brother Andrew comes to him. Andrew was awesome. He was always bringing people to Jesus. Every time you see Andrew's name, he brought somebody to Jesus. I want to be like Andrew. But in John 1, 41 to 42, it says the first thing Andrew did after he met Jesus he went and found his brother Simon and had to tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Peter wasn't looking for Jesus, okay? You might not be looking for Jesus, but somebody was your Andrew today and brought you here or sent you this link online. Peter wasn't looking for it. But what I love about what Jesus does here is that he changes Peter's name before Peter's ever done a thing. Jesus is a name changer. And I want to encourage someone today because you've been saying, you know what, I got to get my stuff together before I'll come back to God. I'm not good enough to come to him right now. I don't have it all together. I got to get my priorities straight. You know, I got to get my life nice and comfy, cozy, and, and then I'll, I'll turn back to my faith. Or I'm too screwed up. I've made too many mistakes and yeah, God doesn't want me to come to him. He doesn't want me. He doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. But you need to know, just like Peter, Jesus is a name changer for your life too because he is calling Peter into his potential. 
He changed his name to Rock before he ever did a thing for the kingdom of God. He was a fisherman. I'll just talk about what's your pronoun, putting it under your name. Like, God's not worried about a pronoun. He's, he's in the business of nouns, okay? Simon writes his name, and it is Cephas, Peter, Rock. Because Jesus changes names. Jesus wants to transform your life, and he's saying, look, I'm going to declare something over your life about the potential that you have, and watch what I'll do with it. But you got to let him. Simon didn't say, oh, hold up, nope, I like Simon. I like the name I have. No, he allowed Jesus to do that because of who Jesus was and what Jesus wants to do. Allow him to change your life. Maybe your physical name isn't going to change. But who he's called you to be, the character and makeup of who you are, it can be transformed. And he wants to do it. I mean, Peter was a beast, though. You might say, yeah, but Peter, Peter was doing some awesome stuff. See, Peter had a whole bunch of privileges. Next to Jesus, the name Peter is used the most in the New Testament. He confesses about Jesus the most accurately. Jesus actually praises Peter more than any other disciple or any other person. Jesus allowed Peter to be a part of his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. They got to hang out with them and see some pretty cool stuff. A mother came to them at one point in time and her daughter had died and asked Jesus to come. And he's like, hey, he brings Peter, James, and John into the room and lets them witness him raising her from the dead. He lets Peter be a part of seeing Jesus in the transfiguration hanging out with Elijah and Moses. He's also one of the three that was hanging out, praying for him, as Jesus, in his last night, went off to prayer. But he made a lot of mistakes, too. And I'm always telling my boys, I'm like, hey, we all make mistakes, but it's how we respond to it that matters. It's what we do with it next that's important. You can't allow yourself to be defined by your flaws, even if the world tries to do it, because that's not how Jesus sees it. Jesus could have looked at Peter and said, nope, you're the one who denied me three times. Oh, yeah, when I let you be a part of my prayer team, you fell asleep on the job. He actually, Jesus called Peter Satan. True story. It's in the Bible. Matthew 16, 22 to 23. This is just a few verses after Jesus told him that he's awesome, that he'll be blessed, that he is Peter. But then Jesus shared with him, hey, I'm about to be crucified. I'm going to die. On the third day, I'll raise again, but they're going to take me out. And that's how Peter responds to him. He's like, hey, Jesus, at least he took him aside. He didn't do it in public. 
Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. A stumbling block. See, that's what Peter had referenced in his later writing. See, in 1 Peter, that was about 62 AD. This is in the early 30 ADs. 30 years of wisdom and how often was he reflecting on his time with Jesus and the things he learned from Jesus? But why I think this is important is because there's moments when God will use us and there's moments where we allow the enemy to take control of our lives and we respond in that way. But Jesus is not going to condemn you. There is no condemnation in Christ. Mistakes will be had, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to use it for good. God works all things together for the good of those who loved him and are called according to his plan or his purpose. Jesus is the rock and he is the foundation that we can build our lives on. And we, we have to be confident enough to say, you know what, I might have made some mistakes, but I still have faith in who Jesus says that I am. You can probably relate to Peter in that moment, right? Because the way that people were waiting for a Messiah was that he was going to come riding in and just overthrow the government. So when he told them that story and Peter says that, like, I, I'm like, gee, come on, man, how are you going to not listen to Jesus? But we sang about promises just a minute ago, but how often do we think that life isn't happening the way we want it to? And we start telling God, hey, this is what needs to happen. Why isn't this happening in my life? Why aren't things turning out the way that I want them to? And we might find ourselves stumbling a little bit, but it's okay. Because Jesus speaks to the potential in people. And he'll call you into that potential. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Another important moment, though, in Peter's life. Is shortly after his name is changed. Jesus comes in and changes what his name is. Then he preaches from Peter's boat. And Peter had been fishing all day. They're catching nothing. And he says, well, just go out, throw the net to the side and see what happens. And they pull in more fish than they could imagine. And this is how Simon Peter responds. He saw this, the catch of fish. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. See, when he changes your name, he changes the game. Jesus is a game changer. So he will call potential out into you, but then he will also say, follow me. Now come with me and be a part of it. And purpose is something that's very important to Jesus, and it's very important to us to help people uncover what their purpose is because we all have the same calling as Jesus calls us to follow him. 
and to go and make disciples. There are things that you are uniquely gifted at that he wants to use as your purpose to now be used for his kingdom and his glory. He changes the game. For me, it was, yeah, I like, I like money and nice things, so I'm gonna pursue sales and try to do really well with it. And God's saying, yep, I changed your life. I changed your name and now I'm gonna change the game. I want you to use that for a different purpose. How can you use that so it's not just about you? And each and every one of you, there's, there are things in your life that you are talented and gifted at, that you enjoy doing. And God is saying, look it, I wanna change your name, but I also wanna change the game. I wanna give you insight on a different way to utilize the skills and the abilities that you have. That's how incredible God is, is that he loves you so much that he gave you all of those giftings. He asked you to use them for his glory, but even when you don't, it doesn't take away the skill. And it's important to note that because it's easy to say, man, I'm following Jesus, doing everything I can. And then you see somebody else being successful based on the gifts they have. You're like, man, they're not even following Jesus though. But when you can realize that, yeah, but the gifts they have are from them. They're just not following him. So it's bringing a different kind of fruit, but we know what that leads to. But the fruit, when you're following Jesus, when you say Jesus is the rock and I trust in him and I wanna be a rock attached to him because I wanna be a part of building his church so that we can take back the light into the darkness, take back lives and see people transformed. It's so much better. He changes the game. And that's what he did with Peter. So I'm gonna change your purpose. I'm gonna show you something else to do with the gifts that you have before. I don't know, and he might have just been having an off day, but any, anytime you hear about Peter fishing, he's never catching anything until Jesus shows up. It happens after Jesus ascends back into heaven and he comes back to him too. It's like, man, this dude probably was bad at it. But he still said, you know, but I can use that. I see that potential there. So after I change your name, now I'm just gonna change the game and what you were trying to do fishing, for fish, I'm gonna show you how to use fishing for men. And after the Holy Spirit came in and gave them the power and authority to preach the gospel, Peter was the first one to go share a message and over 3,000 people got saved. What's the purpose God has for your life? He has something for you. He's saying, I wanna change your name and I wanna change the game. I wanna do things in and through your life that you couldn't imagine, but you need to trust in me and know that you are the rock. Because when Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church, that's what he's saying. Through me, I'm gonna build my group and we're gonna go out and we're gonna do some pretty incredible things. Are you with me? We go back to 1 Peter, the next verses in chapter 2, 9 to 10 says, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his glorious light. He is changing your name right now. He is saying, you are chosen, you are royal, you are holy, you are my special possession. The same things God said about Jesus, he's saying about you. 
Is Jesus precious to you? Is Jesus your rock? Because they're looking at you. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, it's three in one. And we have the power through them to live a life of boldness, to do something different, but it starts with our identity and believing in who we are. And you can't know fully who you are until you know whose you are. And you say, man, I'm a child of God and I belong to him. I am a king's kid. Jesus can change your name. He can and he will. And for some of you, he already has. And you're saying, okay, now I'm trying to look at what this game is all about. And I believe that Jesus is a rock. That's a question I want us all to leave with today is, is Jesus your rock? Is he precious to you? And if that answer is yes, because he is the rock, you can't change the fact that he is. He is the solid foundation that everything is built on. But when you can accept that for yourself, he's inviting you to join him. And I'm ready to take some ground, how about you? And there's someone in here today too that you, you might have come in and you're like, yeah, I, I want him to be my rock, but what does that even mean? What does that entail? The Bible says that if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It is believing that Jesus came and died for your sins, but that he rose again and he sent his Holy Spirit to lead and guide our lives. Saying, yes, I believe in who Jesus is. I believe he did what he said he did. It's having that belief and that faith that can change everything. And we wanna create an opportunity for you to respond to that today. If you say, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus. I wanna declare that he is the rock within my life. We wanna give you a chance to respond. So I would ask if you're in here today, would you bow your head and close your eyes? I wanna create a safe space for people to respond in this intimate moment with God. And in a moment, I'm gonna to count to three. And when I get to three, if that's you and you say, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus, I would just ask that you would shoot your hand in the air. One, you need to know that Jesus, he died for you. Two, he is the rock that wants to center your life and he wants to use you to do incredible things. And three, if that's you, would you shoot your hand in the air today? Just throw it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can go ahead, put them down. I just wanna take a moment to pray over everyone who made that decision. God, I thank you so much. I thank you for those who said yes to a relationship with you today, God. I pray that you would give them courage to step strongly on the foundation that is you as the rock. I thank you that you have changed their name, that you have called them chosen, you have called them holy, you have called them royalty, that they are your special possession. God, we are sorry for the mistakes we make.
And I thank you that you forgive our sins as far as the East is from the West. God, we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate with all of heaven as they rejoice right now over the lives that were just changed? Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.